Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wrestle me, Mark! Wrestle me, Pete! I slightly went... Just oh, as we started there, oh, apologies to that. Yeah. I was I was moving those, and because I'm in my forties, like, like Chris Jericho, yeah, lifting ah, pieces of paper is ah, ah, to you. Ah, <laughs> we, we have to do that at all times. <laughs> ah, yeah, ah. yeah. My my partner just says he make noises like my mum. <laughs> I do. So, <laughs> <laughs> I have. I, I know it's bad. It's bad. Like Route One stand up, mm. but I have actually begun going. Oh, I've got to stop making noises when I sit down. Yes, and I do sort of go. Ugh. But we do it to sort of like fill the time and the like. Because I've got nothing to bring because I'm tired. Look to the I, table exactly emotionally. Yeah, I like. I like them to know I haven't collapsed because yes. the way I sit down is sudden. <laughs> but I've been doing a lot of the work. Pete, I only get to listen to an hour of myself talking once a week. You know <laughs> when we stop doing this. So I like to be. At home, and I just go. I wonder what Mark Haynes sounds like. Yeah. Oh, still so working. Still, still, <laughs> still air, got it. Air still going across my vocal cords. <laughs> Loving it. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this episode because mm. this is this is one that um, it's got an exciting <laughs> match. Um, we'll talk about the match first. Maybe yeah, that's okay. the, the way to do it. But right. it's um, uh, this is uh, Brock Lesnar versus Dean Ambrose in a street fight. Yeah. Um, I, I think I said last episode they are two men who aren't like other wrestlers. There's something about them which is both legit, mm. a bit unknowable. Mm. Um, famously, Brock Lesnar doesn't like people. Yeah, he is very much like he's a farm boy. He likes he house. And as soon as his work is over, yeah. he gets on his private jet. Yeah. and he goes back to his farm in Canada. Right. So again, that slight thing about he's from Minnesota. Yes. You don't get very many Americans who are just like I'm happy to live in Canada. They've always got a sort of patriotism thing. <laughs> Brock Lesnar is gone. Where are there the fewest people? Where are the pinkest people? <laughs> He does always look like he's coming from a freezing cold night. I don't know what chill blends are. They're, are they are on they, your feet? Are they, I thought it was like, um, I think you get if it's cold, chill blends. Or am I thinking it's a, a, don't know. It's, you might get them if it's cold, but that might yeah. also be something that just old people say. Oh, okay. Chill blends, I think, are, are, are mainly on your feet. But I'm just, right. you know, that, that sort of red frost bitten yeah. sort of, you know, frostbite. Mm, peeled man. Yeah. He's a walking skinton condition. <laughs> a big sort of block of onion. <laughs> compressed <laughs> onion. And oh my God. Uh-huh. But yeah, so he's, he's this he's guy a, who, has no interest yeah. in uh, in other people, and there are the stories about D- Dean Ambrose. Um, we've done on, uh, on an earlier episode of mm. WrestleMe, but the ones about you know him just sort of living in his car and being perfectly happy and buying an apartment and having nothing in it because yes. he said, "Well, I'm not going to spend much time there." Mm. You know, just two strange. They're like two Van Morrison's. 
<laughs> aloof. They are. Uh, yeah, aloof. In the chopper before the music has stopped. Yeah, it's that slight thing about if you had, uh, they said, well, you've got this autograph session that you're going to go to. And they went, it's going to be Brock Lesnar and Dean Ambrose. You'd sort of go, oh. <laughs> okay, it's just I've got my kid with me. Yeah. So is there any chance, is, is AJ Lee around? You know, <laughs> continually hopeful for a friendly one. Um, at this stage, Ziggler. What about Ziggler? Yeah, is he okay? yeah he Miz, seems from Miz. Anyone? Miz. Yeah, no, I'm probably. Do you yeah, know? I'm actually going to skip it. I'd rather get punched by Brock Lesnar. <laughs> you can keep the money. <laughs> I, I'm just going home. Um, but what what's really interesting about this match is is Dean Ambrose has talked about it right um, to a number of podcasts, uh, and it's just fascinating. Not just from the point of view of him going this match and Brock Lesnar, but for him going how WrestleMania matches uh, are sort of like the build-up and the, and the putting together yeah. of the actual, not not the, the storyline, which, mm. you know, we can see, yeah. but just that thing about going what time they're called for on <laughs> WrestleMania Day yeah. and how they, how, you know, it's just where it's do you, fascinating. Like, you where, love do, it. like, where do you start? Like, I mean, presumably still people who were in the main event might still be in their hotels yeah. working out or, yeah. you know, because they'll have their own personal stuff, but then there'll be the lower card ones who will have uh, a working out bench and weights in the auditorium and all that stuff that they need I'm, I'm to tell get you pumped this, up. I'm going to tell you this, just a li- little teaser, <laughs> little teaser. They have a full-size ring installed in the hotel where the superstars are. Wow, in the, in the, uh, in like the, the thingy room. Like the in, in the um, in, in like the meeting room. In the Ramada Inn, <laughs> wherever, they, wherever they've stuck them. Lovely. Em. Yes, blood, you're going to love it. Um, so, out they come, uh, the two mm. of them. And th- this, this was set up, so um, uh, this was very much an angle that Dean Ambrose uh, had managed to swing mm. so this match was uh, I think you know in the, certainly in the grand scheme of things the hope for this match was it would be Lesnar versus Stone Cold Steve Austin right <laughs> now originally a, a televised match between Lesnar and Austin was going to take place on a Raw it was part of a King of the Ring tournament I think right. and uh, Lesnar was going to beat Austin and Austin had said there is no point having Lesnar yes. beat me on free television. Is, what are we is, doing? This is just, why are they, this is a huge This is match. this again. Like, yeah. this is the, like, do it at WrestleMania. Don't do it before. And Austin basically walked out of mm. WWE. And what it was, was it was really a, the start, this walking out of a, a, a three year period where he didn't wrestle full time. He had big sections of time off and it was a sort of sad end to his great career mm. because he spent a lot of it sort of mired in not quite performing. Right. Um, they never ever had a match, right. the two of them. And so there was this idea that Austin might come back for this one match against Lesnar. When that didn't happen, they find themselves with a total vacuum and they don't know mm. anything about how this card is going to come together. And what happens is uh, Dean Ambrose manages to angle himself to have a match at WrestleMania against uh, Brock Lesnar. <laughs> so he said, I got that match because we did a three-way thing for the number one contender with me, Roman Reigns and Brock that actually turned out awesome. There was a promo for it and I kind of took it upon myself to be like, I'm going to get up in Brock's face. What's the worst that could happen? So I got all up in Brock's face and I'm trying to portray to him that like, yes, you might be the suplex machine guy, but I might stab you. I might stick a pencil <laughs> in your eye. I bring a different dynamic as an opponent. You're obviously physically a much different thing than me, but I might stab you kind of vibe. (laughs) So I'm in his face, whatever, and there's electricity. The people are like, oh, this is interesting. Mm. I'm doing that all on my own. This isn't scripted, right? But it got over and there was electricity between us. Now, part of um, uh, Dean Ambrose's background is the thing that makes him stand out. Mm. So he was one of the very, very few people who used to take part 
in hardcore matches in places like CZW who would be bleeding and covered in barbed wire and thumbtacks and using baseball bats to ever make it to WWE. Mm. There are a couple of other deathmatch wrestlers who have, but one of them, for example, um, a guy called Drake Younger only made it as a referee. There have been other people, if you like, like your Axel Rottens who have been in for very brief periods of time. But Dean Ambrose is the only person really who came from that background who became a legitimate semi-main eventer. What that meant is that all the fans knew with his background, if he was going to have a street fight at WrestleMania, anything goes. Yeah. And that was exactly what he wanted. So he said, right, I've earned the match. So now I'm like, yes, this is my dream opponent, dream scenario. It's a street fight. I'm like, can you imagine how much effort and time and thought I put into this? <laughs> this is my life. Now, I'm saying the match happened because of the vibe I put out. So now they book it and they're writing it and it becomes goofball city again. They've got me on TV doing a thing with Terry Funk where as great as it was to do something with Terry Funk, I'm chainsawing a table for some reason. Mick Foley's given me his barbed wire bat that I'm never going to get to use. And I'm like, well, why can't we use it? Yeah. And they're like, oh, blood. <laughs> I was also thinking in my head, they're afraid to yell at Brock. So I'm like, well, maybe I get a little bit of hard way juice. You know what I mean? But I'm thinking this is going to be cool. So he's got this match here and he's beginning to go, this is going to be spec fucking tacular <laughs> i'm thinking brock is probably thinking on the same page as me like we are going to tear this up and i think he thought he was doing me a favor me being in the ring with him was enough to do awesome things for me mm. i think that's what he thought but he didn't want to be there he said this thing is a street fight it's not a match you can just call in the ring it's a street fight at wrestlemania <laughs> so we have to get the stunts approved and set up we have to get props for table bumps <laughs> I pitched all of this stuff to everybody, all the producers, and I felt like I was getting ignored because our match wasn't important to any of the producers or the writers or Vince. I'm like, can we do this? Can we do this? Can we all, all these different stunts and stuff? I am ready to die in the ring. I'm ready to take the worst. I'm not trying to put Brock through abuse. I'm trying to take the worst beating in the history of the world. I'm ready to be, if he kills me, great mm. i'll go down as a legend and i was ready to do anything now dean ambrose would have done anything mm. and it, it, there's a little bit well i'll read in a minute that he said again it just tells you how much he would do but this match the two of them they go out there and it is uh, poor old dean ambrose everyone was expecting it to be an absolutely disgusting horrible spectacle <laughs> and what it turned out to be was just something that continually felt like it was pg you know, and you can see the frustration in him during this match mm. where he is trying so hard to lift something that he knows cannot be lifted. Right. Ugh, heartbreaking. Yeah. So he talks about um, on getting the, 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 the match together. He says, everybody normally has at WrestleMania rehearsals. They have rings in the hotel. Rings, Pete. Not one, <laughs> rings. They have rings in the hotel so you don't have to do it on the day of. You can put together your match and try stuff out in the days before. Everyone wants to steal the show at WrestleMania. You put in maximum effort during the week. You have scheduled rehearsals, and we had one scheduled rehearsal on the 11 p.m. Saturday night, the day before the show, at the stadium. Right. But we end up not doing that, because Brock Lesnar is like, we don't need to do that. <laughs> Brock hasn't heard any of my ideas, because he doesn't care. He hasn't been around. I remember the night before, I wanted to run my ideas past Jamie Noble, the producer. So we met up at some hotel in a kind of landing stairwell or whatever at night. And I'm like, dude, check it out. And I lay out my <laughs> ideas, whatever they were. And I was really trying to get thumbtacks approved. And I had Vince because I asked him, can I have one thumbtack bump, please? <laughs> and he said, with a smiley face, maybe. 
And I thought, yes, I'm going to get it. So he said, whatever it was at the end, I was like, and finally, he fucking F5s me into the fucking thumbtacks or whatever, and I'm on his back and I'm choking him, and he fucking puts me in an F5 in the fucking thumbtacks, and then he doesn't even bother covering me this time. He just puts me in the head and arm choke, and he fucking chokes me out, my fucking arms up in the air, <laughs> and I'm starting to fucking fade, and I flip the bird, and then it fades, my arm drops, and he chokes me to death after putting me through the most fucking power bombing me, <laughs> fucking thumbtacks and... F five and me through the fucking every fucking thing. Jamie hated it. He said, "So we have a conference call. I lay it out. Nobody says anything. Brock's probably not even listening. And he goes, I mean, I don't think we need all that stuff. I mean, all that extra gimmicks and stuff. It's just a simple story. I mean, look, you go to Suplex City, you get your hands on a weapon, and you make a comeback. And I'm like, here's the thing. I kept saying throughout the week. I kept going, well, what are the weapons? And everyone was like, well, you've got a kendo stick and a chair. Can't use any tables because those are used for other people. They're more important than my match. Can't do any stunts. No, nothing, you know? So I'm like, oh, fuck. So I keep hoping that on the day, something is going to happen that's magic. Oh, Dean, mate. You don't want to do, are you, he's done himself over here. <laughs> totally. I, I, do you know what? Until I read all this, I was like, uh, I, I don't actually care about him that much. No. And reading this, I go... Wrestling means more to him than it means to anyone else on this card. <laughs> Zack Ryder maybe, but Zack Ryder's different he's, because he's he, a mark. No, he's, he's a big mark. Big mark. Um, he said, mark. on the day of the show, I get there at 11 a.m. Brock doesn't show up until like three o'clock. <laughs> we haven't talked about any of the match. It's three o'clock. The show starts at five. We're, we're on fourth. I start talking about stuff. He's just walking away, talking to other people. He's not really interested and he doesn't want to be there. Yeah. And this is the most important match of my life. I'm like everyone at WrestleMania wants to show up and steal the show. There are people on the show that night that I know were literally rehearsing their match for a month at the Performance Center. Not sure who they were <laughs> from what <laughs> I've seen. No. no. He said, because you, sh you show up at WrestleMania, you want to fucking steal the show. And I was like, dude, we have the opportunity. We mm. have a street fight. We can do anything. I'll take any bump you want. Literally, I'm begging you to fucking choke me. Please, powerbomb me into thumbtacks a hundred times. <laughs> oh, we don't need all that. Like, he did not have the mentality of trying to steal the show at all. He did not give a shit. Mm. We finally start talking about the match in earnest the first time when the second match is going on. We're fourth and we don't yet have a finish. I'm throwing stuff out there at the last minute, stuff that's coming into my head. Yeah. I'm like, what if you fucking run headfirst into a chair and you back up into me and I put you in a German suplex or something? And he's like, no. By the end, I'm throwing out every fucking stupid idea. We put together a little fucking sequence of dumb fucking... We put together a finish of like, maybe I'll grab the barbed wire and duck it and you throw me into a pile of chairs. It wasn't even that good. That's a brawl. That's mm. not WrestleMania. And I built it up in the media like, yo, this is going to be nuts. I was banging my head against the wall, screaming at everybody for weeks, it felt like, and I felt like I was invisible. The main reason was I wasn't the most important match on the show. I was basically not important at all. As long as Brock's on the show, then Brock's good. Mm. Other matches were more important. Whatever match was on the show that night, I was just, they didn't give a shit. Mm. It's so heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. Oh, man. I just, but he must know that 
Lesnar is a is 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 you know he doesn't want to do. Yeah. Well, what, what he didn't know is, and no one knew at this time, is that Brock Lesnar was actually playing things really safe and didn't want to do anything because he was going to be returning to UFC. Right. And he would be on UFC 200. So he hadn't mentioned that for anyone. He was secretly preparing for it. Right. But he didn't want to jeopardize what would be a huge money match. Mm. I think it was against um, Mark Hunt, who's mm. a, a big Samoan guy, really good fighter. Yeah. Um, he didn't want to jeopardize the payday he was going to get for that by getting injured at stupid right. WrestleMania. Imagine if Dean Ambrose had used that shit, because he starts a show with a chainsaw. Again, chainsaws, yeah. nonsense. Yeah, right? aren't they? they, they unless they, like a, unless a wrestler secretly, Brock Lesnar style, loses an arm, <laughs> comes back, yeah. and, go, and, 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 and keeps it like, keeps, and wears a prosthetic. It would be hilarious if Dean Ambrose had actually just got the Lost chainsaw it. and just pushed it into Brock Lesnar's <laughs> back, <laughs> straight through him. Uh, that was he's cool. He's going to survive it. He's going to survive it. <laughs> he wouldn't I thought he was going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> he's, I mean, look, Dean Ambrose tries in this, and it's yeah. just Lesnar is is such a shitbag when you when you go through all that yeah he's such a shitbag he doesn't understand the importance he doesn't understand no it. well he I probably mean, does but he just goes you know a, i'm here you're not Fuck a bit it. right at the end where dean ambrose gets the barbed wire bat wrapped, mm. wrapped in bar, uh, you know a baseball bat wrapped in barbed wire and mm. he just takes it out and the crowd are already feeling like we're not going to see anything because he's been yeah. going long enough and he presses it into his own mouth and sticks his tongue out. And I think it's just him going, I want to feel something, something. violent. <laughs> I just, I have to feel like I've done this. Um, it, it, it is just, a, uh, there's there's some nice bits. I mean, I mean, Dean Ambrose gets the laptop and he cracks, mm. you know, Lesnar with it. And someone in the crowd just shouts out, really, uh, it goes, crack. And the guy goes, I hope you backed up. Like <laughs> <laughs> and you hear Michael Cole go, <laughs> <laughs> I like. Oh, that's brilliant! But, I like when, when Brock Lesnar walks off though with his little UFC gloves. Yeah, um, it looks like he's squeezing the tip of his penis a little bit. <laughs> if anyone's watching it, he, it looks like he's giving it a little nudge. Yeah, a penis that presumably looks like a little picnic. Nudge. I like the idea. <laughs> I like the idea that he's just done this and he's gone. Well, there was nothing for me there, but. We'll give myself a little squeeze. <laughs> Not a dead loss. No, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I, I, funnily enough, I mean, watching this match, I did know that Dean Ambrose had talked, you know, long and hard about about how disappointed he was in it. Yeah, um, I didn't quite know the the ins and outs of that, but the um, I, I quite enjoyed it. What was really apparent is that every time they there was proper bait and switch here, where they would continually bring out weapons, mm. and those weapons would get knocked out of the hand and never seen again. Yeah, and uh, the the whole sort of. Lesnar at this point is perfecting what would become a a signature really, which was that he would just grab you, throw you around, and the match could end at any moment. Mm. With people like Ricochet and with Kofi Kingston when he he won the belt from Kofi Kingston, that's been a negative thing to have. Here, it just looks like I mean there is there is a real sad thing about how big Dean Ambrose could have been mm. had they just gone. He has gone all out in a war, and if he was willing to take all that punishment, why wouldn't you listen to him? If I had an employee. And my job was this, who went, I will I will cut my head off uh, and it'll be brilliant. I would go, you know what? You can do that because because that sounds like to me value for money. But it, they just didn't let him do it. Um, I, I liked this Dean Ambrose match more than I've liked any other Dean Ambrose matches we've seen for right. quite a while. I just thought it was, he was good. He seemed real and he seemed angry. Mm. And, I, and I imagine that's because he really was. Uh, <laughs> a bit heartbreaking. I mean, it's followed up by a Ric Flair Snickers advert as well. Yes. Which we're, is not like, it's just, uh, right. uh, we're in that part of the card, are we? Right, okay. Uh, Zack Ryder gets given a Snickers and he turns into Charlotte. 
Yes. Which which I did think was weird as well because that thing you're not you when you're when you're mm. you know. Uh, yeah, Elton John did one for the. For that's a, right. In, yeah, in Britain, you're not yourself yeah. when you're hungry yeah. or whatever it is. But it's like so that uh, with the Elton John one, it's just someone, isn't it? Just they give him a Snickers and then he becomes a rapper, so it's yeah. slightly off. Mm. But it's like them going, well, you know, you weren't you because you were Zack Ryder, <laughs> who is what is he supposed to represent? A shit wrestler. Yeah. And then you're like, have a Snickers, and you're like, oh, I'm back. That's good. For a minute there, I was as bad was as Zack Ryder. <laughs> <laughs> really strange. <laughs> oh, man. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Join me, Melissa Reddy, and listen to my brand new podcast, Between the Lines. I'll be speaking to the biggest names in football about the captivating, behind-the-scenes stories fans want to hear. From major talking points to untold anecdotes, you'll hear from some of football's leading stars as well as those working in the shadows. In our first episode, I spoke to former Spurs manager Maurizio Pochettino about that Amazon documentary. We feel responsible because it was uh, very difficult to say yes to open the door to Amazon. Only we watched with Jesus the 25 minutes first because it was until we uh, left the club. And on our latest episode, I investigate how prevalent and damaging social media abuse is in football. And I was like taking all this negativity onto myself and I did. I kind of lost myself and my personality because I knew everything that was going on around it. And it's not until I actually got to a stage where I thought, I can't take this anymore. It, it is becoming too much for me that I spoke out about it. 
Craving football insight? Well, look no further. Listen to Between the Lines with me, Melissa Reddy, via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you get your podcasts. This was a Stakhanov production. And then we get the little Hall of Fame. Mm. How delightful the Hall Very of Fame is. Very enjoyable. Texas special. Pull down here. <laughs> yeah. You get the Freebirds. They have a little clip of them telling stories about being uh, getting to fights at bars and being shot at with a gun. Yeah. Everyone laughs at that, don't they? Yeah. It's like, that's, uh, that could have gone really badly. Yeah. One of them could have been dead. Anyone could have died. <laughs> Sorry, you think that's funny? <laughs> Terry God is uh, laughing. I turned to him and I said, why are you going, he, and he says, because they missed us. <laughs> uh, Terry Gordy is one of those wrestlers who I think people sort of said, by and large, he was quite simple. Right. Um, and th- the voice that Michael Hayes was doing made me sort of go, if I'd have known him, I'd have gone, this is not fair. We're all, <laughs> we're all laughing <laughs> we're at somebody who isn't 100% there. Um, the Godfather. Yes. Uh, uh, does a little speech where he talks about how the, the love, the love of the, mm. the universe and how much he loves the business. Uh, I think you'll find you're a bad pimp if you're all about love. Yo, no, right, yeah. Drop that. You cannot monetize love. You can't monetize love. In the sex trade. Oh, what? You're going to fall in love with all the women working for you? Uh, Idiot. Your business is going to go down the pan. Idiot. Your whole train will be full of broken carriages (laughs) and broken hearts. (laughs) I'm sure it's full of broken people. Um, You get Big Boss Man, who is uh, in posthumously. Mm. His daughters uh, turn up. There's a nice bit when they come out at the end. Uh, on the stage and to represent their father one of them is holding handcuffs and the other two have got nightsticks <laughs> a really sort of strange this represents my father Yay, um, it looks fake. like it's looks a- like it's a protest <laughs> pussy riot <laughs> <laughs> amazing if pussy riot turned out to be the big boss man's kids uh, Jacqueline who was uh, a, a great sort of a performer uh, very very uh, broke a lot of boundaries back mm. in sort of um, working in Texas uh, in the early 90s where yeah. she she took part in a lot of intergender matches largely because there were no other women wrestling at the time mm. um, and she then did become a sort of a diva yeah. for a while um, she has a lovely voice she has a lovely southern bell voice mm. absolutely super um, Vader induct Stan Hansen Vader in a suit Vader in a suit Vader in a suit it's, what's really it's nice about, suit. about that is you see Stan Hansen comes in and Stan Hansen is just like I, I am now an old man and I'm enjoying all of this. It's nice to be out. Oh, yeah. a pleasure to meet you. And he sees Vader and they sort of like, I, I don't know what he does, but Vader laughs. And it's just, you sort of, you don't see Vader having a good time. And, you know, these two men, the whole idea that you'd sort of go, he's my best friend. And you go, what's the thing that sticks out in your relationship the most? And I'm going, probably when he knocked my eye out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> of course, I forgot that connection. Yeah. Wow, yes. So to sort of see them and just sort of go, here we are. <laughs> I just it's a strange I don't think any two people who have become friends have a weirder origin story <laughs> I knocked your eye out <laughs> in Japan uh, Snoop Doggy Dog Snoop Doggy Dog he's if so, yes because he's obviously been, been involved in wrestling a few times but yeah yeah, he's, he's also uh, the cousin of Sasha Banks and so she oh, is she's nice. having her, her big match here um, he, he does a really really re- sort of respectful speech that really makes me like him uh, yes. in this because he doesn't sort of come out and he's not all like you know number one you know like like Kid Rock would be mm. you know he does a little rap about is how that, honoured he is a great time yeah it's yeah. the greatest day of my life he sort of <laughs> says at one point it's really sweet and yeah. I really like that um, the Warrior Award goes to Joan London and Joan London I think because uh, you can't tell from this little clip um, she was involved in breast cancer yes uh, yeah, charities yeah. Yeah, they Google. do not mention the word breast cancer no, it's interesting, isn't it? at yeah. all in this and I think it's because someone will have made the decision that that was a downer 
on WrestleMania, which is supposed to be fun. Yeah. For the same reason, they don't mention on television anything to do with the pandemic, lockdown, COVID, anything like that. It is banned. So right. no one can say, I mean, in these strange times, we're here to... No! 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 No, it's there is happening. a bubble. This is our bubble. <laughs> it's very strange. Did you not see The Rock doing a, 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 a leap... Onto the COVID. The Rock will never work in this company again. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, they, uh, you get Sting. Yeah, Ric Flair. Does yeah. Sting. Uh, out comes Sting, and he he officially retires yes. in part of his uh, Hall of Hall of Fame speech. He then says, "This isn't goodbye. It's just see you later." No, it's it is goodbye. <laughs> You've retired. Um, but but uh, you know, a nice sort of um, again one of those sort of interesting ones that they uh, there were very few posthumous. Um, uh, inductions right yeah and there are some people who you do look at that and you go gosh Vader was at the Hall of Fame that would have been an excellent time to put Vader in the Hall of Fame mm. uh, he has since died so that's mm. a sort of shame but he just looked he looked immediately Vadery, which was a really nice thing to see <laughs> when you're getting on a bit you just like go oh, that's definitely Vader like Stan Hansen's done Stan Hansen has a lovely twinkly face mm. and he obviously is an older Stan Hansen but he still retains a large amount of Stan Hansenness, <laughs> <laughs> and that is an important thing. When you begin to stop looking like you did, you used to, yeah, they yeah. don't tend to want you to come into the Hall of Fame alive, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. So that, you know, <laughs> if you are a wrestler and you are now using crutches mm. after Bushwhacker Butch, you no. will, you have no chance of coming in. Everyone was like, "Oh, it's I really sad, isn't it? It's really sad." Yeah. Oh dear, uh, Stan. Hello, it's WWE here. How are you doing? You doing good? Yeah, yeah. Have you Can got I a see, stick? Can I see a picture? Yeah, <laughs> just. <laughs> Just a quick, quick snap, quick snappy snap. Doing some, doing some star jumps. Okay, doing some star jumps. Uh, Stan, I'm just going to ask you: Can you unlock it so I can check the uh, makers' <laughs> info on when this was taken? Okay. <laughs> well, it'd be Stan Hansen. He'd be using a camera from 1992. Yes. Stan, yeah. it's the date is the date is saying 1422. <laughs> can you can you update it? Go in the settings. <laughs> uh, he looks great though. Um, and then they get their little come out onto the stage mm. where they all get to wave. Um, the voice of Howard Finkel here as well. And this is Howard Finkel's last WrestleMania. Really? Ah. He wouldn't pass away the next year. Uh, he didn't pass away until uh, earlier this year. This year. Right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Year. Um, but they just stopped using him, the cunts. Right. <laughs> Awful, isn't it? Yes. Awful. So actually, Howard Finkel has the streak. So Howard Finkel... <laughs> Is the only man, only man to appear in every WrestleMania from one to thirty-two. Oh, that's pretty big. Yeah, that's pretty isn't big. it? That is the streak. And mm. let me tell you, there is no one in Howard Finkel's record. He <laughs> Just, did yeah. thirty-two and zero. Yeah, uh, marvelous, marvelous little bit. Everyone is uh, out on the on the stage in a suit, apart from Michael P.S. Hayes. Who is? He looks like a condom. <laughs> looks like a big fucking <laughs> Johnny. I mean, yeah, what is he playing at, really? Uh, I mean, do you know what? He's too confident because he's a member of the backstage WWE. Yeah. And so this is his workplace. Yeah. And so everyone else has worn a suit, and he's gone. Yeah, but I won't. <laughs> you fucking tit. Wear a suit, you bastard. Um, and they they have um a, a, a Jimmy Jam Garvin there as well, who is his partner in the in the Freebirds. Uh, the other two Freebirds, uh, Buddy Roberts and Terry Gordy, have passed away, but mm. their their sons are there with them. Um, and Terry Gordy's son, Jesse, actually had a run in WWE about 2000 and, ooh, I want to say four, mm. 2003, four. Um, but that is the only time he's going to end up on that Hall of Fame stage. <laughs> it was a funny thing where he's sort of waving and you can imagine that he's slightly hoping people will, hey, maybe you'll get an intro. I remember him. And, you know, here he is, Jesse. Remember Jesse? But you can see him as he's waving. I think you can see him sort of go, I wonder if this is the last time. 
I think it probably is Paul. Well, I mean, Sub. I'll probably have a chat to, uh, to, to to Hayes and like pitch a few things. Yeah. But um... can't hang around, Jesse boy. <laughs> Busy. Time <laughs> is money. I'm a giant condom, and I got places to go, Daddy. <laughs> what? Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bad street. Uh, <laughs> I bet he's got like a little fucking tape recorder that's hanging around his neck at all times. It's under really his shirt. overdone as well. Yeah, it's really kind of um, <laughs> like, it just sounds terrible. Really, really basic. Yeah. Really sort of thin. <laughs> Gotta go, daddy. <laughs> hey, it's actually all right. You're repulsive. Mark, did, Mark, did you know that the um, uh, the owner of a Dallas Georgia storage company called WT Enterprises was uh, the big boss man? You are? He owned a storage company. Did he? And the where... Is that where he kept prisoners? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. It must be. It just must be. Wow. Yeah. I wonder if that's... I wonder if anyone's opened it since he's dead. Well, I was just thinking. I was just thinking it's wrestling memorabilia, like yours, pretty much, very much like your storage. Well, I've been um, looking into buying the uh, World of Sport archive. I've no, okay, I've yeah. no idea if how it's for sale be, yeah. or how much okay. it would be or what I do with it's, it. We, you met the man once who bought a lot of um, Euro trash rights from the nineties. Yes. and how did they, how did they go? Um, I don't think it was ideal. It wasn't a money spinner, was it, Mark? No, <laughs> no, but he owned them. He did. Well, yeah. <laughs> and and, and look, he'll tell everyone. Pete, we're still talking about it today. <laughs> now, I, I was looking at some stuff and I was like, who does own it? I think quite a lot of it's owned by um, ITV. Mm. I did once have a, a, a little uh, back and two with um, uh, John Lister, who's the British mm. wrestling historian. And I think he was saying, well, ITV own most of them. And I, yeah. I might be getting this wrong, so don't blame John Lister if I am. He's, he's kosher. <laughs> I, I, I'm just rambling. But um, he was saying, I think it's ITV, but most of them aren't, you know, uh, catalogued in any way. Mm. They're just sitting somewhere. Yeah. And there's, there was a little YouTube comment on a video I was watching, and they were saying, someone said, well, who owns all this? It's brilliant. And that's how everyone on YouTube talks. You know. <laughs> it, 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 I'm slightly trying to get across the fact that nothing on YouTube is very well spelt. No, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and uh, some woman written underneath, and this was well spelt. Mm. So I was like, good lead. She was like, um, the comp- there's a company that owned them all, but they do not want to sell. They simply want to license footage. They said oh. they were approached by WWE, but they've rejected it because they only want to do limited time um, oh, licenses. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they want to retain the footage. Mm. Um, but WWE are very interested because there are lots of people, obviously, you know, featured within that, mm. um, you know, who, that would be interesting historically. Yeah. And they also want to own all footage. I mm. can understand that yeah. desire. I yeah. want to do the same. <laughs> but she said, but as far as I know, they are all uh, locked up in a storage unit in Manchester. I was like, right. Manchester yeah, you can. It's ac- not that big a place. Mark, just because you can access the actual tips, that doesn't mean you own the rights. You own the t- you've stolen the tips there, Mark. I am 50% of the way there, Pete. <laughs> 50%. I mean, look, uh, to be honest, if if a if someone did steal them and no one then knows hid for them, months. Exactly. No one knows. And, for and when I'm dead, do you do you think that like, you know, the new generation of people when when my children bring it out, are gonna go. Where are these from? Yeah, it's gonna go. My dad had these in a the collection. You're a fucking moron. <laughs> the elegant marvels of wrestling. Absolutely, I did buy the other day a uh, a, it's a, a little um, cine reel, right? Which is just called Wrestling in the Raw, Ooh, and it was filmed at the Haringey Arena, which yeah. is a, an arena near me in North London that is no longer there. Um, and because it's Haringey, that is one of the big places that alfred hayes used to wrestle nice and so Come i know on. even though it's got the name wrestling in the raw which sounds like it's going to be ladies yeah naughty stuff so or through the, the keyhole the, the japanese bathhouse <laughs> matches <laughs> the, the whole of ddt and uh <laughs> they've got that and i don't know how to play it i think i've got 
a Super 8 like thing at my dad's house. I think, oh, I think he's oh, still got right, an old okay, yeah, cine yeah. film. So would, oh, would it be the one with, would it be 60 millimeters or 8 millimeters? It's 8. It's right. Yes. Okay. Oh, really old school. Then. Yes. And so I, I'm going to, uh, I think, I think I might if I do that. Now, who owns the rights to that, Pete? The answer uh, is nobody knows. Whoever, whoever exactly I think same. in that case, everyone, whoever has the tips. Yeah, I agree. I, that's, thank <laughs> you. Agree, I'm going to take you. that as legal yeah. advice. Okay, film um, that. Look, all, all I'm thinking is like, <laughs> yeah, I steal the tapes and everything. Well, this used to have a copyright thing, didn't it? But time's passed. <laughs> time's passed. And I tell you what's, what what gets confused over time. Mm. Paper trails. Ownership. Oh, yeah. difficult. So I'm thinking what you I'll do. You might be taking on debt, though. <laughs> <laughs> you might get the tapes and then got this, this attached to 16 I, I think what, what I am going to do is I am going to transfer that. And I'm thinking I might make it available to the, uh, the Pat Patreons. Yes, okay. Uh, because nice. ap- apart from anything else, Makes it tax deductible. Well, and also, I think that um, tape traders would be, you know, you this can't really. This is historically get away. important. Well, I there's agree. There's the Pete. Patreon man who, the, the, the Patreon man who's just selling, uh, yeah. selling stuff he's just taken off VHSs. Oh, yeah. That's more naughty. Oh, no, that's, very talk, naughty. that's real naughty. I'll tell you what he did this month. He started doing a load of actual WWE home videos. <laughs> I think he's running out of stuff, he's but he's just mad. like, here's the Dusty Rhodes and the Ultimate Warrior sets. It's like, <laughs> mate, uh, you can't do that. Do you know, I did actually think this is bang out of order because mm. I was like, if, if you're like on. On this Patreon, right. you've definitely got all of the WWE home videos. <laughs> you've, you've downloaded them on uh, uTorrent or whatever yeah, yeah, many, yeah. many years ago. Mm. Come on, mate. Come, Come on. on. Do a newsletter. Don't make me contact the feds <laughs> because you're giving me uh, footage I've already got. But yeah, I was thinking about this. Look, this is, this is definitely copyright free. Mm. Uh, and as far as I'm concerned, that also entitles me in some way to be given the World of Sport archive. Yeah, okay. Uh, if, yeah. Look, no one is listening to this who owns the World of Sport archive. But if you do... Look, I have, I've got. Look, let's just say, let's just say, I'm not going to go to ten. I don't want to go to five. He will go to ten. He'll go to both. He'll go to both figures together. I have got six hundred pounds. <laughs> now you can have that in cash or a back transfer. Yeah, right. Don't do back transfer. Yeah, come on. I'll do it a check as well, but you will have to cash that yourself, and it is annoying. <laughs> I'll, give, I'll put an extra twenty p on. The yeah. important thing is, uh, look, th- this archive is under lock and key, and actually, there is a part of me that goes. That is not the place for archives to be. Yeah, and it does slightly annoy me. Not as not as even as a wrestling fan, but as someone who is like I don't know. The ownership of culture is a bit weird, mm. and so when you have a, a company that is doing nothing with stuff, yeah. and is just squashing it, mm. just release it, just get it's, rid of it's it. It's like um, it's like video game companies that have rights to video games, uh, and uh, sometimes games are have really arbitrary copyright online copyright um, uh, parts to them, so that you're going to play it when the servers are up and running, so to speak. Yeah. Um, once that video game becomes financially unviable to keep going. The servers get closed down. It's not worth doing. So, you know, 100, 200 people are stuck without being access to, having access to the game that they paid yeah. for. So I, it's like stuff like that. It's kind of... Um, you know, I, I think, I and think, then we're going to see more of this. Streaming companies will have the right to them. We'll, they'll just... You know, things come come back and forth off of Netflix all the time. Absolutely. Some things you just can't get hold of and anymore. You, and you're looking at the thing which is you sort used of to interesting. Own stuff. You used to own the actual DVD. Or you used to own the, the VHS. And now it's just on some server that can be switched off and switched on it's when you, they feel you like it. You cannot get rid of your DVDs. It's, it's happened in wrestling as well. So. Right. On the network, for example, Bret Hart has, there's been a kerfuffle about the uh, stampede footage, which features him, which he owns. So as part of a deal to to, to basically get um, him to come and do some DVDs when they were not on speaking terms, mm. he asked for the rights to all of his stampede wrestling, which is his dad's uh, promotion. Right. All of the, the, the matches that featured him, he wanted to have control of, and they gave it, they gave that to him. 
they've had a little kerfuffle about something. And so he said, take all that down because I own it. And they've had to do it. Right. So what you've suddenly lost, you've, you've, you've lost is all of Bret Hart's uh, uh, stampede wrestling. You yeah. can't see that anywhere. That happens more and more. You're going to be losing lots and lots of things. And what's happening at the minute is we're seeing companies beginning to adapt to streaming services and mm. to, 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 you know, in a way that you can see with podcasting, for example, podcasting is free. People expect the content to be free. Mm. You know, that's, that's just the way it is. We have a Patreon on the side. I think you're going to go and you're seeing, you're going to see loads more like gossip mongers who just go, <laughs> we drop it. But you're going to see people start going retrospectively. Oh, actually, we're going to start charging for this. We're going to start doing this. Right. And then where are you? All I'm saying is download all of your wrestling. <laughs> yes. I, I will never we put will... them in a vault in Manchester we might so do. that you can't hear it. <laughs> Some of them are there because we were very sexist. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's sad. It Very is sad. sad. It is sad. I hate. I hate the the stockpiling of culture by greedy businessmen. Mm. I really do. Oh, but you got a Patreon. You're full of it. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> We're all part of capitalism. Yeah. Do you and know what? And also, do you know what I use my money time. for? I don't. Do you know what I do? I don't buy. Like, Trying to buy, buy the rights to. to I exactly. I don't buy buy to let properties. No. I don't even buy my family nice clothes. <laughs> do you know what? I buy old eight millimeter reels, <laughs> cine reels of wrestling from Harringay Arena. <laughs> literally, no one else cares about. Do you know how much it cost me, Pete? It cost me seven fifty. Seven fifty. What for the whole? Just a whole collection of cine film. No, it's seven pound fifty for one reel. <laughs> oh right. Okay, that's fine. But we can do that exponentially. That is a month. Of the, a month of the regular podcast. Exactly. Yeah. You're right. Thanks, everyone. I'm Thanks. really looking forward to my um, cine film. <laughs> when are you going to get it? <laughs> uh, you should... can put it up to the light and sort of see what's oh, actually there. That's exciting, isn't it? That is exciting. Because I, I, I do have a collection of my own uh, Super 8 footage that I film myself, and um, it's only it only looks good when you've put uh, like a bright eye song over the top of it. Mm. This is the first day of my life. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just shit. I took my dad's old Super 8 into university. I took it. He didn't mm. know I had it. It's He's furious. Um, very expensive to process. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, so expensive. Oh, yeah. So oh, expensive. Yeah. Uh, and I, there's a, a house party. And, you know, exactly what you'd imagine some prick with a Super 8 is going to be doing. Yeah. And it's just all these impossibly young people. Yeah, in who, comfy jumpers. None, comfy of whom I, jumpers. none of whom I can remember the names of. <laughs> but, oh, isn't it romantic? And oh. now I've sort of gone, what would I like to do? I'd like to do that, but with 40-year-old men. <laughs> <laughs> who is wrestling? Uh, have we got time for a match? Let's squeeze in a match. Yeah, we so have been speak. talking quite a long yeah, time sorry. Uh, about stuff. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Quickly? All right, yeah. Okay, Charlotte versus Becky Lynch and uh, Sasha Banks. Mm. Um, this is uh, the best match on the card. It is. By uh, quite a long way. Interestingly, <laughs> the Wrestling Observer, it gave this four stars. And right. It gave the ladder match 4.25. Um, but I think history is really sort of everyone agrees this is the best match on the card. Mm. Um, quite a historic match as well. Um, mainly because, of course, it was three women in a match that was A, over 10 minutes, making it the second a women's match in WrestleMania history to go over 10 minutes. Um, it was also really good. People yeah. were really excited about it. And the three performers in there outwork everybody else on the card. Mm. It was um, it was just banging. Yeah, it was great. Is Becky Lynch steampunk? She doesn't know. She does. No, she she doesn't know. No. So she comes what out. Is, what is she doing? Yeah, and she's she's got her hair like uh, that Disney film, like Brave. Yeah. You know, because okay, right. she's she's Irish. So mm. she's they've gone. They go. That's Irish got, Disney. Film. Irish. <laughs> this works. Yeah. This works. You'll be the Irish girl from the Irish film. And <laughs> she's also got some like pheasant 
feathers mm. in her hair. Because she's uh, Irish. Because she's know. Irish. She's Irish. But she's also then got the steampunk thing where mm. she, she comes out. Uh, does she have the top hat here? And I the, think, yeah, she, the goggles. I, I and can't then remember she the goggles. Off. Right, okay, yeah. But she's got cogs all she over got her. Cogs all over. But they look kind of like Celtic cogs. <laughs> Celtic Elect cogs. Celtic cogs. Really? It's really confusing. Really? I, 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 was just, I was like, are they cogs or things? I just, I I, I, it looks, it's sort of like. If someone went, oh, it's you know, it's a total new reimagining of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang <laughs> by the amateur dramatic group from County Wicklow. <laughs> it's just a weird look. I think if you said to Becky Lynch, uh, "Is this a steampunk look?" Mm. She'd go, "Oh yeah, 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 oh yeah." <laughs> yeah. And, and you'd say, say, "Is this uh, a shoe look?" And she'll go, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah." Is this a futuristic space look? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it? Is it? You're trying to get across your kooky. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, Becky. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Standing. Is this a show? Is it, what, if, if you did say to her, this? what is steampunk? Yeah. She would go, oh, no, it's that's a, a, no, that's yeah, a question. Yeah, gotta, that's a ecumenical question. <laughs> well, an ecumenical what matter. isn't it? Hey? Yeah. Mm, you're not, <laughs> no, you're not getting away with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's Snoop Doggy Dog. Oh, dear. <laughs> she, um, there's a, a good little video which I put in one of the old <laughs> newsletters on the Patreon, which is um, uh, her in a, uh, a restaurant after a wrestling match uh, doing a promo for the next show <laughs> where she is absolutely shit-faced. It's one of the great <laughs> shit-faced drunk uh, wrestling little promos. Um <laughs> Out comes Sasha Banks. She is introduced uh, with her um, uh, cousin Snoop Dogg, mm. just gone in the Hall of Fame. And, uh, he's wearing a robe. He is. He's, That's sort of like dressing gown. He's wearing thing. a robe. pieces aren't working. The singers can't sing. Oh, uh, Snoop Doggy Dogg. They do go, please welcome Hall of Famer Snoop Dogg. Mm. And a, a woman in a track sheet runs out. Yeah. Not hitting no, the notes. No. So this is Sasha Banks' theme tune that they do. Yeah. And I presume this is the woman who originally sang, sang the, the refa- refrain. Mm. Again, when you're talking about the women's revolution, which this match is absolutely the the the, the vanguard of, mm. it's always good if you have a woman doing like a song mm. that you introduce her as well as the man. Yes, and so they just sort of like this woman doesn't have a name. Not all women have names. Get used to it. <laughs> but uh, Snoop Dogg does. I would say one of the best, like neatest raps that I've ever heard him do. So yeah. welcome, in. It's just really sort of like. I'm like, yeah, God, that was really nice. Yeah. It was really sort of, I enjoyed listening to that. And then the woman bounces over in her tracksuit going, you know. Oh, <laughs> I don't know how this music goes. Let me think. It's a good theme. Um, That's how it starts. Yeah. Had a dream I could have made it. Oh, yes, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah but that girl yeah, just yeah. comes in and goes, ah! <laughs> 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 I feel for her. But yeah, Snoop's is great. Now, mm. uh, Sasha Banks comes out and she actually, genuinely, apart from Brock Lesnar, is the only person who's come out in this entire WrestleMania up to this point that I go, you look like a star. Yeah. You, you, are, you are walking like a star. You are confident. You are brilliant. She Wearing, had, wearing Eddie Guerrero's trousers. That's apparently. right. Yes. She, she was wearing Eddie Guerrero-inspired attire. Right. Um, Eddie Guerrero is her favorite wrestler and she was uh, in attendance uh, on the night that he won uh, the championship from Brock Lesnar oh. at No Way Out 2004. And that was the the colour, the, the gear that he was wearing, she replicated in her WrestleMania one. Oh, I thought I was just give it. No, like, oh, no. Right. She, was, uh, she was a huge fan of Eddie. Uh, in a podcast interview later, uh, Eddie's nephew, Chavo Guerrero Jr., criticised Sasha Banks' tribute to Eddie because WWE did not contact him to be part of the event. <laughs> did not contact Eddie Guerrero? 
You what? They didn't contact Eddie Guerrero. No, they didn't oh. contact Charvo. Right. Hi, we'd like we, Sasha Banks is paying tribute to Eddie do? Guerrero. What are you going to do? Introduces her trousers. Let's get, I mean, it would have been quite nice if he'd come out. I don't have a problem with the Legends coming out, but at the same time, I wouldn't go. That was disrespectful. <laughs> and you go, why? And you go, I'm sorry. You're doing a tribute to someone and not inviting their nephew. <laughs> <laughs> It's just strange. It is a bit weird. It is a bit weird. Yeah. She she just comes out with such kind of <laughs> charisma and force. Mm. I, I really, really, really like her gimmick. When I got really back into wrestling and I started watching NXT, and NXT in those days you had to, to torrent because mm. it wasn't available or anything. There was no network back yeah. then. And you, you had you know big stars from WWE who would pop in, and then there were the people they were building. And there were people like Charlotte, who obviously were going to be big stars, and Becky Lynch, who very quickly you went, okay, she's going to be big. And there was Sasha Banks. And Sasha Banks was not, in the early days, really pegged for superstardom. She was just one of those people who would lose to the other women, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. And she started developing this arrogant persona where she would call herself the boss. Now, at this time, she's down in developmental. She's in Florida. They don't have a lot of money. And she was basically wearing bling that looked really fake. Mm. And so she would talk all about how she was making bank, that kind of thing. Mm. And the crowd at NXT, who were a small sort of like local Florida crowd, they used to chant at her, Sasha's Ratchet. And Ratchet is... It's like a kind of street, uh, like a kind of like a a, a person who pretends to be rich who they're not. Is that right? That's absolutely right. A poor person, effectively. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a poor person with... Not not aspirations so much as they are trying to fool you into thinking, mm. you know, their their diamonds are real when they're paced, that kind right. of thing. And this Sasha, Sasha's ratchet thing, she used to react to so badly. <laughs> What's funny is by by developing this and keeping on going and believing in this whole idea of I'm making bank and I am the legit boss with all the jewellery and things, she became that. Yeah. And by the time you get to WrestleMania, you go... This woman looks like a million dollars. Two years before, they were chanting at her, Sasha's Ratchet. <laughs> <laughs> Just an amazing transformation. Uh-huh. She's she's one of those people that, that it's been interesting to watch the whole progression of her career, where she went from someone that you never would have said would have been one of the top three women performers in the history of, of the business. And mm. She really is. She is one of those people who... She she doesn't look like she's built to be as good as she is. Mm. When you see her with Charlotte and Becky, she's smaller, she's very, very slender. And yet, when she does her moves, they're incredibly impactful. Yeah. And when she takes moves, she makes them look devastating. The one thing I did notice in this match she can't do is run the ropes. And I think <laughs> it's because she's quite light. Yeah. So when she gets against the ropes, there's no give. No. So she has to sort of slightly back... Like, Push into... <laughs> like, if, like if it was a wall. If yeah. you went into a wall, you can't lean into it. Mm. You just have to get entirely straight and just stand and then come back. <laughs> and she does that. She's a bit like a sort of... Like a fairy bouncing off a wall. <laughs> it's uh, really strange. But um, yeah, and in comes Charlotte. And Charlotte, again, you know, confidence. Just mm. being, I think it must be also come from that, that thing of WWE are saying, we are behind you. And that gives the performers so much confidence and going, right, I will prove I am worthy. Mm. When she comes down to this, you would think this was her 15th WrestleMania. Yeah. She is so ready for it. She knows what she's doing. Her robe that she comes out to at this WrestleMania is made from the robe that Ric Flair retired. He wore in for his retirement. Did, did you have to buy a thousand uh, little packets <laughs> off eBay of it? No, that's true. <laughs> that is true. It does actually say in my notes, I, I said, you know, they converted it. They mm. didn't. It said it was made from pieces of his robe. Right, okay. That had obviously been like, Dad, I'm doing my WrestleMania. You know what would be really nice? 
continuity of the family. Yes, can I wear can the robe? Can I have the robe? <laughs> uh, I've sold a lot of it off. Uh, do uh, Have you got an idea for a costume with off cards? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was Captain Gretley and it's covered in uh, holes because of moths. What are all those little jiffy bags, Dad? Don't touch those. They've already been ordered. Um, the fans do cheer because they say it's for the women's championship. And, you know, the fans are so on side for mm. this because they've been waiting for it for years. Yeah. And what there is in this match, I think, for the, these performers, a lot of pressure. Mm. You're told you are a movement. You are the new face of it. And you have to deliver. Yeah. And they go out there and they, and they deliver. And they're having to deliver because of the uh, drawbacks of working for such an old company. Yeah. Such a fucking old school company just who, you know, just were, they were divas for, 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 for 10, 15 years. Exactly. And, you know, this this really does sort of, this is this this is good, because, beyond good in a way, mm. because they needed to have a match like this to say, this is a viable thing that mm. you will enjoy. You will enjoy this not because it's women's wrestling. You will enjoy this not because, you know, aren't they doing well. You will enjoy this because it's brilliant wrestling. And this, you know, you, you do forget the gender. And that's exactly what should happen. Mm. And, and they went out there and they made that happen by delivering the best match on the card. Yeah, There's uh, things that I, you know, Charlotte is just uh, so underrated. People are like, you know, oh, she's the number one and all this and everything. But when you see her in these matches, these big matches especially, her just ability, she, she's built very differently from anyone else. She's very mm. long. Yeah, very tall, yeah. So when she does that moonsault off the top turnbuckle, mm. it just, it, nobody does it like that. It yeah. looks incredible. There are so many sort of exciting things. I, I, I think in a funny way, the person in this who you wouldn't have thought would have been the number one out of all of them is Becky Lynch. Yeah. She has, she sort of, she, she stamps about a bit and she's sort <laughs> of got a slight sort of, Cogs, cogs, cogs. <laughs> She's a bit like, like a sort of, like Jericho goes, ah, ah, ah. She, it's almost like she goes, put my foot here. Now put my foot here. And she sort of stamps a bit and she's not as fluid as the other two. Mm. But I mean, the very fact that all three of these women have gone on from this match to become far bigger than they were when this happened yeah. is just testament to their ability. I, I, I mean, I really, really enjoyed this match. And actually, it felt like the first modern era match in this WrestleMania. Everything else felt like, oh, it still belongs to that slightly boring period. Mm. And they Confusing come along. Confusing period. Yeah, they come <laughs> along. And actually, this match you could put on today and people would still go, that was brilliant. Yeah. Really, really loved it. Yeah. There's a funny bit on the network, really quite early on, they're doing a series of pinfall bits uh, and everyone's taking it in turns. And it's sort of all, you know, someone will then do a you know, like a, a sunset flip on someone and then the other one will grab them and do an Oklahoma roll pin and, you know, all this sort of thing. Mm. And the network very, very much cuts from Sasha Banks doing a pin and as the camera swings, they're all just in the turnbuckle. <laughs> and it's a bit sort of like, whoa, okay, so it didn't all go to yeah, plan. Yeah, yeah, We're having yeah, a little yeah. bit of revisionism here, <laughs> making sure that wasn't there. But but what a match. I mean, mm. I just it's just really, really good. It's, Great. you know... It, it, uh, there just is a goodbye part to the divas. Me. Just, just sort of going. Yeah, the women are here now. There's a part of me that they talk about this in in the WrestleMania, and they say, uh, "I think you know we could be seeing you know the women main eventing at some point in the near future." Mm. You know, and yes, they would. But I would have been happy if this WrestleMania had stopped there. <laughs> this this is the last good thing yeah. on the WrestleMania, mm. and it it's actually uh, it's a better match than the one that would end up headlining a WrestleMania. I have some respect for Shaquille O'Neal. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's, not, it's, not the worst, it's, not, it's not the last good thing in this WrestleMania. Thank you very much. That is true. Also, <laughs> Tatanka and DDP return, yes. which, is, which is very good. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's a banger. Uh, this women's title match, not just the longest women's match in um, WrestleMania history, 
it's also longer than every single match that was wrestled at WrestleMania's one, two, three, and four. <laughs> it's uh, done really well. Spectacular. Yeah, 16 minutes and three seconds. Uh, the previous longest WrestleMania a women's match had been eight minutes and 48. Right. So it more than doubled it. And that was between Mickey James and Trish Stratus. Um, of course, the earlier one in the pre-show uh, had beaten that record already, mm. but then they, they beat it again. You've got to be accurate about your stats, Pete. Yes. Don't want Norris McWhorter running in here. <laughs> Norris McWhorter. <laughs> oh, or his racist brother, Ross. Yeah. Who got shot? He Ross. got shot. He got, yeah. shot he got shot because he was racist. Right. Yeah. Didn't they all kill him? Yeah. Right. Yeah. What was he racist? He got shot because he was racist about... Uh, I, 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 do you know I what? I didn't think I would love He was certainly, <laughs> uh, maybe he wasn't racist, but he certainly was a far right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, uh, oh, he's definitely, yeah. yeah he's definitely Marvin. a shitbag. Uh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> mm. I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean he should die. No. You know, let's make that clear. Just, I mean, uh, I mean, you know, it's not like you want Lawrence Fox to, you know, <laughs> suddenly stop living, is it? I, I do. Um, <laughs> uh, we'll be back uh, next week with more of WrestleMania 32. It's a long show, so it's a long WrestleMania, it, WrestleMania I'm afraid. It is, and it's worth mentioning, you know, if, if you're like, I don't want to listen to four episodes, I only want to listen no. to three. Yeah. Now is a perfect time to jump off because let me tell you, <laughs> <laughs> it's an absolute shit fest coming up. Which makes for a better WrestleMania, in my humble opinion. <laughs> uh, if you do want to listen to next week's show, of course, you can uh, download and listen to the whole shebang right now, all in one chunk of a chunk. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash WrestleMania. I think this is going to be coming out before Halloween. Oh, baby. Uh, I'm doing a little special uh, newsletter Ooh. over on the Patreon, which is a uh, a big look at non human wrestlers. <laughs> not not bears, no. but like all your, your ghouls. Your ghouls and your, your spooky little gobbledygook your, spookers. Your spooky boys. Yeah. I love Halloween. I love wrestling. I've put them together. What have I got? The best thing on earth. Alien wrestlers? Yep, alien wrestlers. Yeah. Yep. Oh, did, yeah. Did I ask that question last week? I think I might have. Last show. Mm, don't think so. Oh. But it's obviously been, you know, on your mind. I, Let me put your mind <laughs> at rest. Yeah. There are. Cool. Wrestle me, mate. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the ACAST Creative Network. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.